0: Hello everyone, welcome once again to another exciting episode of Curious K Podcast. And um, I'm very excited about this episode. As you know, I'm always very excited about every episode. This episode uh, is featuring uh, one of the entrepreneurs I've been working with for months now. And uh, it feels very good to, to have him on the show to discuss about uh what is building, challenges he's facing... And for us just to learn about his product and also his plans for the future. Uh, so on the show today, uh, I'm very excited to have Fulagmade Timilayi, who is the founder of Guava Credit. And um, as you know, on Curiosity Podcast, this is a show where we have amazing conversation with startup founders, ecosystem enablers, and everyone working just to drive impact on the African continent and this episode is not an exception uh so i'm very happy to have you on the show uh similarly for like thank you very much for joining us on clear podcast yes. thank you very
1: much for, for having me it's a pleasure being here
0: all right yeah so let's get to know you can can you tell us a bit about yourself
1: I'm Falagwadi Nai once again, like you rightly said, and uh, I'm the co-founder of uh, Gova Credit, a fintech uh, startup uh, focused on the buying now, pay later solutions for for businesses. So basically focused on B2B uh, businesses and uh, we've been running the business for quite some months now. That's it about me
0: all right all right thank you so uh let us just get to know your background into entrepreneurship i know you started building businesses very early and gravel credit is not even your first foray into entrepreneurship so what was it like for you uh in terms of just trying to solve problem and why fintech is it because a lot of businesses are raising a lot of money now (laughs) what's the inspiration for for starting out as an entrepreneur
1: Okay, for, for, for me, I I started very, very early. And uh, let me see, my parents introduced me to, to businesses. I I started managing my father's uh, fish ponds, uh, I think at SS1, if I'm correct. So, my father has these ponds, like about three fish ponds. And uh, I was last born, I was the only one at home. So, you know, I had to take up the responsibility by managing those farms. So, I made them till I think SS3 or probably a year after leaving school. Then I think from just three to uh, I started distributing books for my mom across two local governments. So that really was my foundation into into businesses. Then when I get admission into school, students, my school, I attended the private university. So we could we we, we don't cook, and we have uh, at a particular point in time we we might have about two or three, about two hundred to three hundred students trying to order the same food. We call it misture then, So mixture is a combination of rice, fries, and probably meat or a fish. So, and the, well, two or three hundred students might be trying to order that. It's a private school, so we don't cook, so we have to see the cafeterias. So I really wanted to deco- deco- decongest the, the crowd at that point in at the cafeteria at any point in time. So that's why I came up with that. So the name of that startup then was called Classic Food, so you could go online, order your food and all that. On uh, my fourth year, I was using a Samsung then, uh, I think X6 or X7 if I'm correct. I bought it I think I won 10,000 here and uh, I was so scared of the screen getting damaged. So I came up with this startup called Save My Gadget. It was an insurance platform for, for gadgets and uh, we had to shut it down because of uh, regulations and all that. Too. But we were able to insure a few gadgets and, and, and all that. So, but uh, about your question as regards um why why fintech and all that. Too. So, when I was in school, people knew me as an entrepreneur. So I, I, they keep coming to, to me to borrow money. And uh, get them ridiculous, ridiculous interest rates. So, but it, for me, it was it was quite interesting, and um, that was my first uh, uh, encounter with uh, with fintech. Then, but on leaving school, I discovered that my my mom, which has been into business for a very long time, find it very difficult to access credit, even after running a business for twenty good years. And my sister too, which was also into business, to so find it very difficult to access credit. So, I really wanted to solve the credit issue. And that is why I came into what is it called then uh, fintech. And that is why even our I have business today, still focus on uh, business to business, providing access to credit to, 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 to those businesses. So I was really trying to solve pain points for people who are close to me, who matters to me. And that's why I stumbled mm-hmm. on fintech. Not because people are raising money. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Amazing. Uh, I mean, the, the story about the food delivery is just very interesting in your school. And I would just like to talk more about how, how did that work out? Did you have any issue with the school authorities? Uh, were you using bikes? Were you delivering? What what was it like? I know that's really <laughs> going to be interesting.
1: No, so so it, it was it was actually very interesting, and uh, I think even, early this year I was even talking to a friend, and I was I was uh, uh, recollecting the whole process of of how of, 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 of how the the whole process worked during that period of time. So for we're not really using bike. We are using. Uh, we employed people from town, neighboring towns, surrounding the school, and uh, about two or three of them. We're using food, We're delivering by by foot then, because it was more like a small community. The dis the the distance between the cafeteria and the hostel was not too far, but you know, students come very very lazy, <laughs> and because of the like I said, we're trying to decongest the, the crowd. that also a major selling point. So we we started with. Um, uh, one or two cafeterias, and um
0: were all these cafeterias in the school? Yes,
1: they were in the school, yes, they were in the school, so we started with one or two cafeterias and uh, uh, the first model we we tried working out was just to connect the uh, provide a platform for the restaurants for the cafeteria rather so that they could um, customer could make what is called harder, but along the line, we discovered that um those customers were uh, those restaurant cafeterias were uh, saying they don't want to bear the burden of servicing uh, uh, bikes, employing uh, delivery personnel and all that. So we had to try the responsibility and all that. But within the period of time, we we, we run the, the delivery service. We were able to do well over 3,000 deliveries, successful deliveries. And... Um, uh, it was great it was interesting even though it was clashing with uh, (laughs) my academics i can remember vividly well me uh, stabbing class or probably delivering food (laughs) just to meet customers in suits and tie and uh, (laughs) it was quite interesting it was actually very very interesting and that got me two awards actually in school my uh, alumni what is it called Um, uh, entrepreneurship and students and my faculty the then. so it was quite interesting. That that was my first major experience in, in startup world, and and I, I, I learned quite a lot during that period.
0: That's cool. And running this business, I mean, this does not require you raising funds. Uh, everything was bootstrapped. Or what was it like? Did you like? Did you start it with like some funds, you were saving? So what was the process for you starting out?
1: So uh, it was fully bootstrapped, and uh, my pocket money around that period of time was around twenty-five, thirty thousand per month. So uh, I basically took out my pocket money for a month. Then my father gave me seven thousand naira for our first uh, what is it called? The boosters and flyers. We did then. Then uh, subsequently, uh, uh, we I borrowed money from one of my friends called Ibafefe. Uh, it gave me, I think, about ten fifteen k then to continue running the service, and so it
0: was bootstrapped, it was family fu- and friends. It was
1: family and friends, fully bootstrapped
0: Interesting, I-, I like that. So, why didn't you scale it? Like, why didn't you scale it outside the university hall? Yes,
1: we we, we actually tried uh, scaling it outside uh, the university. We, uh, our attempt of scaling it was uh, actually very very woeful. <laughs> we tried scaling it to a neighboring city called Akure you know, in those states. And we acquired bikes, two bikes, and actually, uh, it, it was it was a terrible experience. <laughs> it was great and terrible at both cases. So we learned, um, uh, you know, you know, for the it was a controlled environment. We interacted with basically students. This time around, we had to do marketing. This time around, we had to get an office space. This time around, we had to uh, do all the other couple of other things and all that. So that we and. It was really really very very difficult and that's another that major issue we had then was talent we didn't have the right uh, uh talent in terms of the um from technical side of view and from the driver's side of view those drivers were completely dishonest uh, getting customer out was difficult because at that point in time delivery was not really 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 a a big deal it was funny fact, i, I, I can even remember vividly well one of our bags had issues and um the the drivers one of our delivery drivers collides with the the mechanic that's the Octo workshop guys and they were selling money from us we we pay them to repair the the we pay the we give the uh, bike the delivery guy okay go and give the auto mechanic workshop money to repair this and still we exaggerated the the the, <laughs> the fee so we had to basically st- stop the expansion process focus back on the school before graduating and all that before Stopping down the business, but it was it was a bittersweet experience. I I would really love to have that uh, what is it called uh, that experience. Uh, Relive that moment again, but now at least with a better experience. And uh,
0: <laughs> very interesting to, to to learn about starting out. I mean, building businesses while in school. I mean, I mean, you, you, you were able to identify the problem of delivery, you know, within uh, your your institution and. The thing for you then was just to solve that problem. And the good thing is you made money.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. while doing
0: that? I mean, that's fun. And, and you also learn a lot, which is important in, when, when it comes to entrepreneurship. I mean, I mean, when you build something, there are always lessons uh, to be lent, and I think you, you, thank you thank you for sharing that that very interesting story and you mentioned something about insurance, like your screen uh, because I remember some weeks ago or months, I was having conversation with someone and we were talking about insurance uh, of of gadgets or being how low uh, insurance penetration is, and there was this book uh, I also read last month, a prosperity paradox, and there was a story about. How in a particular country the, the penetration rate of insurance was very low, and this company had to innovate, you know, to sell insurance to to low income families. And I think there is still a lot of opportunity uh, when it comes to insurance in Nigeria as of now. So let us know what what was that for you when you tried to build something around. Gadget insurance. I think that would be a very interesting story for us to. So,
1: like 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 you said, the insurance penetration in Nigeria is still very very low. I think as the last time I checked, it was between three to four percent, if I'm correct, compared to other African nations. I think uh, South Africa is the highest we have in Africa for now. And then I think insurance is also very high in places like Zimbabwe and, and, but Nigeria is extremely very very low. So, but for us, the gadget insurance was. Um, was me just like trying to solve a pain point for myself, and uh, also had the as well the camera I was doing photography then too, so i really and I know how much this thing cost me i paid paid through my news you know <laughs> and uh I was really trying to 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 solve that and uh, then it, it it took me a year to convince my co-founder then to to really come up with a policy he was the insurance guy I understand nothing about insurance <laughs> so he for 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 me, I think uh, the insurance generally within the country. I think uh, there's still a lot of space for us to, for entrepreneurs or public people to solve, to solve within that space. A lot of education has to come in, a lot of uh, uh, regulation and all that in times of friendly regulations and all that. And I think the Nigerian government came up with um, NICOM came up with a, uh, a micro insurance uh, uh, policy uh, regulations um, some few years back. I think about a year or two years ago. I think it's it's gradually taking shapes within the country. So it's still a very huge space, and uh, probably in later in the, in the future, I would still love to go back in that space and and play with that space. So it's it's an interesting space, yeah, good so, opportunities. Yeah. So how did how did the
0: uh, the phone insurance yeah that you're trying to build? I think you built something around that space, right? Yeah. How so did that, what was so we, like?
1: we 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 able to structure us into into monthly monthly more like pay-as-you-go so you pay you can subscribe for the insurance and guidance protection screen protection plan for uh, either a month three months six months or a year so it's more like a ticket kind of ticket uh, service kind of uh, insurance whereby you, you you subscribe for a month then after a month if you don't need the service you can stop it and if you need the service you can keep doing that over and over a month so but we tried we, we tried to focus drive more of the three months plan to six months plan then so it was basically for i think for for it goes for an average of between two dollars to, to three dollars per with for four for three months to six months so depending on the kind of gadget you use and how expensive it is so we, we cover cl- uh, close to 80 percent of the cost of replacing your screen which is uh quite quite <laughs> Uh, 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 m- kind of much when, when, when it comes to uh, from the customer's uh, point of view. Take for example a like, Samsung phone. Let me say you're using an X10 and probably the cost of replacing the screen is probably like 80,000 here. And somebody's coming up to taking off uh, 80% of that. That's that's kind of huge. <laughs> so, so we uh, when when we did that in school we had about 200 subscribers before we shut it down and that was because we there was no micro uh, insurance policy at that point in, framework at that point in time so there was no way we could raise uh scale that, scale that and all that so that was one of the major reasons why we put a stop to it but something we we still consider uh starting in the future but
0: all right yeah that, that's really interesting so let's talk about guava guava credits right uh I remember I, I mentioned I was talking about your business to someone. I said guava. I, think I was like, yeah, yeah, I like that name guava. Yeah. So, what, what inspired guava?
1: To, <laughs> to be, to be uh, very honest with you, I I'm a fruit person. I love eating fruits a lot, and uh, guava is one of my favorite fruits. So, I was looking for something uh, a little bit personal to me, something people can easily relate with, something people can easily remember. Something no yeah, more of like Apple, you know, apple and all that. So that that was that was not really, nothing really special. So that was just basically something simple, relatable and something people can easily remember.
0: Nice, that that's cool. Uh so let's talk about what you do at Guava da Uh you 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 provide buy now pay later solutions for businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh can you tell us about what the how the product works? So
1: um uh Gova Credit works in... Okay, this, this is basically how it works. Um, but now, let me say, we, we onboard uh, uh, businesses, large businesses, businesses that deal with small-scale businesses like manufacturers, major distributors that um, small-scale businesses goods to buy from. We, we, we onboard them and we integrate our solutions at the point of checking out so that these businesses can then spread payments over time. So, because um, traditionally this this business already offered those kind of service, uh, services before, but it's 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 at the detriment of their cash flow. So we come in at the point of payment and at the point of checking out, checking out after verifying those small scale business, checking out their verifying their credit worthiness. We we partner with we onboard um, large scale businesses or probably business. Uh, manufacturers and distributors that deals with uh, small-scale businesses and we verify the creditworthiness of these uh, small businesses and offer them credits at the point of checking out so basically a small-scale business can uh, probably go to nestle or probably go to um, unilever or coca-cola buy a product of uh, 50k 100k and spread the Payment over time. That's basically how it works. So, yeah. So,
0: so what's the opportunity like in Nigeria, right? I mean, there is we don't have a lot of companies offering credits, right? I mean, there is opportunity in the B B two C part because, for example, friends in the US, UK, or advanced economy, they they have access to buy a whole lot of stuff. You know, uh, the new iPhone is out. They can get it on credit easily. You know, so there are a lot of opportunities in that space. So, w- what what do you think the market is like in Nigeria, and uh, why are you focusing on businesses, or why are you providing that infrastructure or support for businesses so that they can provide uh, uh, credits for the businesses that they are working with?
1: Okay, now you know if if you, like, like like I said earlier, I said um, for me, so many pinpoint that is uh, close to. That affects people around me, and I made mention of my mom and my sister. And uh, now, taking a looking at the big picture, here yeah, we the the little space in Nigeria is a little bit above three hundred billion US dollars, and the majority of these uh, businesses that I'm excluded from having access to credit. In fact, majority of those banks will tell you they're not credit worthy, even mm. even even though. These businesses have been running for the last 25 years and have been turning in an average of like 100 of US, 100 dollars, 100 millions in terms of Naira and all that annually. And they are still not credit worthy. So it's a very big space. It's, it's, it's huge. 300 billion dollars is <laughs> it's something very, very massive. So these people are basically not don't have access to credit. So we understand that some of them might be very, very funny when it comes to... Uh, repayment and all that, and that's why we're not giving them cash. We are basically giving them uh, uh, a form of invoice financing to enable them get goods they can sell, enable them improve their standard of living, enable them send their school, their kids, and their wards to to better schools, improve their their give their 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 children opportunities they never had and improve their their business generally so this for 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 the credit space is still very very big we have a lot we have quite some players within the 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 credit space but so we're more of like a pioneer and um this space is still very 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 let me use the word virgin grant <laughs> so we, we hope to capture as much so Market. so what has,
0: what has been the traction like for you in terms of what you've done in terms of partnership was it easy was was it easy for you securing those partnerships what has what has been the process like uh for you to know?
1: so i I, I, won't, I won't use the word easy i not nothing good comes on a platter of good i can remember we trying to negotiate with one of the major distributors or probably on board one of the major distributors in of uh an fmcg project within the country and uh, we, we sent an email to the man and then um, the man called me and he was like you don't talk to me in that way and he was telling us how he has been of how he has been operating with the last 30 to 40 years within the space and all that so it has not really be easy we met uh, uh deal with, dealing with people who have a whole different mindset and um who, who feel uh, that the young boys within the market are a little bit very arrogant and uh, don't know how to conduct business, so we have to learn how to deal with these people. We have to learn how to to navigate within the space. And as regards to partnership, we've been able to partner with some um, financial institutions in terms of uh, lending partners. And um, even though they've not been forthcoming like the way we 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 expected, but at least it's it's has been interesting and exciting so far then we're also trying to we've been assistant now we've been able to uh, finance over 100 businesses and counting and uh, which is kind of very very interesting for us and to have we're also trying we're also trying to have conversations with major um, manufacturers and distributors within the country i think hopefully in the next one year we should be in a better space and uh, in the next one year, I, I see us doing well over 50 million years of that transaction so this is our first year so far so I think we're not doing bad for, for, for a small startup. All
0: right, all right, nice. So th- that takes me to funding, right? What has it been like for you? You've been around for, for a year or a lead to over a year. Uh, so what has it been like for you? Are you actively raising funds now? Uh, what stage are you like in that process? Or are you just comfortable to grow to get some numbers before you start that conversation? Uh,
1: yes, in, in as much as uh, numbers is very, very important for us, um, We've basically been bootstrapping for the for, for the last one year, and we are currently trying to raise from uh, family and friends so as to enable uh, us uh, improve our traction and uh, impose, um, improve our technology stack and serve our customers better. So we're currently trying to raise funds, from family and friends so if you, are, if you are if you are interested in this you can just <laughs> send me an email at timi at com. so we can start the conversation so we are we are, we are we are actively raising funds and it has really been uh, challenging you know at first when we this is my first attempt at raising fund from uh, the typical vc funds and the uh, angel investors so at first i certainly understand how Raising fund work you know. There's this language used for investors that they really want to hear. So it has been a very, uh, exciting journey for me. And um, we we are we are learning very fast. Myself and my co-founder, we're learning very very fast. We've had some forthcoming uh, conversations with some uh, angel investors and some VC firms and. Uh, uh, I think hopefully before the end of the year we should be able to to, to close our round or probably early
0: next year. Right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, uh, Timmy. Uh so is there is there anything else you would like to tell us about about Guava Credit?
1: So um, I think for 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 Guava Credit, um, uh, let me just talk about our vision. Our vision is to bridge the gap between. Access to credit for for businesses, okay. and um, we we hope by by in the next ten fifteen years we should access to to gap in uh, access to credit for for small businesses in Africa should should be reduced to the minimum barest number. So anything that 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 we enable us to do this is something we are certainly very very interested in doing. And um, I think I need to stress this much more better. For us to do that, we need to raise funds. We need to attract talents we need to uh work with the best in, in in the industry. So once again if you're interested in working with us <laughs> email me at TV at so we can we could we could accelerate this vision much more faster, we could bridge the gap as as soon as possible. Just to put this in context, we have we have over hundred million small scale businesses operating within the country and within the within the continent and this business practically have access no no access to credits. And um, they are the backbone of of African economy. So we just imagine empowering these people to be able to do more, with the little they are already doing, it's, it's, the sky the limit for us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you uh, to me for that. Uh so I mean, let's just round up with this in terms of what? Do you, where do you see the fintech space in Nigeria? I mean, like in the next five years, in the next 10 years. This is a sector that has been raising uh, the largest amount of funding, VC funding, you know, compared to the other sectors. So what what do you think is going to be like uh, in the next five years, in the next 10 years?
1: So I I think FinTech, they're not doing bad. They are doing very, very well, extremely very, very well. As a, as, a, as a stance today, but I think in the next 10 years, they will, they will do a lot more better. And uh, I would like to say something, I think for example, within the last 10 years, one of the most uh, performing sector we have in the country is, is is the banking sector, which FinTech is is largely part of. So, and um, as long as there's still this friction as with payments, which we still largely have in this part of the world, As long as this friction with credit, which we still currently have. Of course, I I think within the next 10 years we should have as many as possible unicorns within the space, and hopefully Goa Credit will be one of them. So it's still a booming space, within the next 10 years, there's there's a lot to solve within that space. They'll still still keep attracting funds, we'll still keep doing what little we can do. But I think it's it's, 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 it's a a very big space. And within the next 10 years, I would love to see how it works out.
0: All right. All right. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Timmy, for being on the show. It's a pleasure having you on Skate Podcast.
1: It's a pleasure being here.
0: All right, everyone. Uh, Thank you for listening to the episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And um, as you know, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share this with your friends and let's keep the good reviews coming in.